Welcome to the Created to Be podcast. I'm your host, Bill Anderson, and today we are going to talk about eschatology. All right, so what is eschatology? Eschatology basically is the study of end times. One of my favorite topics I've taught through the book of Revelation. Revelation. A lot of people say revelations, but it's actually revelation. It's the revelation. It's only one. Um, just a little little pet peeve of mine, but uh, revelation. And it is all about the end time. Okay. And a lot of people are very curious about that. In fact, whenever I've done my studies on the book of Revelation, I've always had the best turnout. Everybody wants to know what the future holds. And the great thing about it is the Bible has already told us that. So we have what we call the back of the book. You know, back in the, the old days, uh, the textbooks, you had the answers in the back of the book. So we too have the answers in the back of the book. So as things are getting heated and interesting times and events are happening and people are seeing stuff on the news and asking questions, there's, there's always fear that comes along with this topic. And with fear is much confusion. And so people are like, hey, I'm doing this. I'm, I'm prepping for that. I'm getting ready for this. And are we in the tribulation or has the tribulation already happened? And where's America in the end times? And we have the answers to all of those things. And just like the last podcast, and it's been a bit, we've taken a little bit of a break here, but um, the last podcast, the question was, is what do you see? Are you looking? Are you studying? Are you open your eyes? Or are you just being fed what the world, what the news, whatever a particular domination is wanting you to hear? Are you just being fed that? One of the things that I've learned over the past few weeks, and it's been a uh, kind of a transitional moment for me, and that is that everybody wants a prescription. And when somebody said that to me, I was like, oh, that's interesting, but it's so true. And even to some degree, I want a prescription. And what I mean by a prescription is, hey, I've got a problem. Tell me how to fix it. What do I do? Step one, step two, step, step, step two, three, four, whatever it is, right? Tell me how to fix it. And part of the, the IDS, and that's where I picked this up, was in our level two of IDS, is we're not here to give you a prescription. We're here to tell you the problem and allow you to utilize your resources to come up with your own prescription, your own answer. Uh, the problem, if we, if we here's, an, here's an example. So in school, we're told this is a two, this is a two repetitively this is a two this is a two we draw it out we look at the picture the teacher holds it up this is a what this is a two this is a two okay and then they hold up a plus sign what is this this is a plus this is a plus this is a plus what is this this is a plus this is a two this is a two this sign here is an equal sign this is an equal sign this is an equal sign and repetitively we see two plus two equals and then they tell you four so now if i ask the question how do I get to four? We're programmed two plus two equals four. Is that correct? Absolutely. But is it the only way to get there? Well, in some people's mind, because of the prescription, yes, the only way we can get to four is two plus two, but there's also three plus one. There's also three minus seven. There's also four minus eight. There's also five minus nine. I mean, there's many ways to get there, but we always want that prescription. And so when we start to look at the end times, everyone's like, well, tell me the scenario. What's going to happen? What do I got to do? And instead of just understanding you know, what's going on and being able to discern where we're at, um, then you can kind of assess for yourself. One of the big things in the Bible is the title of a watchman. And a watchman, whether it's on a wall or in the, in the mass of a sail ship or whatever it is, the lookout, right? They are there to sound the alarm. A lot of people think that the watchman there is to send a warning. And it's like, nope, the warning's already there. Hence, that's why the watchman's on the wall. We already know there's a warning. There's a, there's a potential. So when the watchman's on the wall, when he sees the army coming, he's saying, wake up, here they are. Wake up, here they come. And so being a watchman, we look at these things saying, wake up here we are. So some of these things are 
Well, is the tribulation started? The answer is no. How do I know that? Because there's a couple of prophecies in the Bible that have still yet to be fulfilled. One is Damascus will cease to be a city. And the next one is the Magog invasion, where Russia comes down and invades Israel. How do I know that that happens pre-tribulation? Because when God intervenes and all of those Russian missiles and fighters and all those things fall out of the sky, Israel uses those weapons for seven years to fuel themselves, right? To get energy from. So they're using that for seven years. So if that happens in the middle of a seven-year tribulation, how can they continue to use it for another seven years? Some people say, well, maybe that goes into the millennial kingdom. Well, why would we need weapons to fuel in the millennial kingdom when God has reestablished heaven on earth during that time? You don't. So those two things have to happen before uh, the actual seven-year tribulation. Okay, why isn't America mentioned in it? There's one reference to what we think could be America, and that is Tarshish and her young lions. Tarshish is England, and her young lions would be any of those countries that were developed or came out of England. America would be one of them. And the only thing that they do is they say, why are you doing this? And this is in regards to the Gog and Magog invasion. So how could we be out of a position where we can already see where the leading America away from uh, the, the support of Israel is already starting to happen. Okay, so we're no longer supporting Israel like we have in the past. Or if there was an economical collapse of America or a war within America or something that took us into a position of power and dropped us down, then we would not be able to do nothing more than to say, why are you doing this? And again, the Bible isn't about America. I know Americans like to think the world revolves around us, it's not about us. It's about Israel. That's the focus. And why is the focus on Israel? Because it was promised to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, that David will sit on the throne of David. He'll sit on the throne. And so Israel is protected, secured, set aside by God so that Jesus, when he returns, will sit on his throne in Jerusalem. That is what the war is all over. And that's what the protection is all about. Okay. So with that, um, that was a quick overview of end times and we could go into a deeper study of that. But with that, we have Josh with us today and he has some questions. He has some, no, that's not him texting me. No. Stop texting me, Josh. Let me well, silence my phone. I know better than that. Well, I have lots of questions. You have lots of questions. I do. But first I want to, I want to, Kind of go to this eschatology. I found two interesting articles that I thought I'd throw your way, especially since we're on kind of this end times kick. So I just want to get your reaction to these two articles. I'll read a little bit and then see where you're at with it because I want to I want to see your input here. So the first one is is that the this comes from the Daily Mail. It's written by Jim Norton. He's their technology editor, and the world is on the verge of a new religion created by AI, artificial intelligence. So um, this academic, his name I'm searching for here is Yuval Noah Harari, said AI, like ChatGPT, could attract worshipers to a new faith because it can write its own religious documents, its mm. own Bible, right? And it's also masterful because it's a huge intelligence. The world is on a verge of a new religion created by artificial intelligence. The historian Yuval Noah Harari has claimed the academic known for his best-selling book, Sapiens, said software such as ChatGPT Chat GPT could attract worshipers by writing its own sacred texts. So he was at a conference. He, he brought this up. And he also mentioned that it's, you know, a dangerous arms race. But is it a dangerous religious race? Go. Well... Let's define a couple things first. Um, one, let's talk about religion. What is religion? Religion is man's attempt to get right with God. The first act of religion was Adam and Eve when they covered themselves in the garden. That was man's attempt to cover their sins, to get right with God, if you will. So they you know, made the, the fig leaf or whatever it is, whatever leaf it was, to try to cover themselves, to try to get right. Ever since that moment, man has always tried in their own attempt to get right 
with God. And so we, we understand what that term means, but we are not religious people because religion, those self-righteous acts, right? According to the Bible are, are dirty rags, filthy rags. And that, that literal translation of filthy rags is minstrel rags. Mm. Um, you know, back then that's what they had to use. The women had to use that. And so you get the picture Mm. that our, our good works, our deeds, our religion is, is like those dirty rags. It's kind of a gross picture, but what we do when we try to put man's attempt into getting right with God is we're telling God that the the gift of Jesus Christ on the cross wasn't enough, that we have to help that, right? We have to help him. So whenever somebody says, yeah, I believe in Jesus, but I also believe you have to live a good life. You're saying, God, what you did with the cross isn't good enough because I have to help. I have to have also a good life. Now, people go on the teeter-totter, you know, you never see a teeter-totter equally mm-hmm. balanced. It's either one side up or the other side up. So they go to the extreme opposite and say, oh, so that means I can live a horrible life and still go to heaven. Uh, what I'm saying is your salvation is not dependent upon your works, whether they're good or bad, right? Your salvation is oh. based in trusting in the Lord. Now, if I believed that this building was on fire right now, mm-hmm. if I believed it was on fire, uh, would I just sit here and hang out and no, do nothing? No, we'd right. probably leave. I would probably leave. So here's how I address, you know, good works versus bad works. Okay. So if I truly believe that Christ died for my sins and that I'm saved through him, then my actions, my life will also demonstrate that. Just like if I believe that this building was on fire, my acts would, would demonstrate that I believe that by leaving the building. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't sit here and go, yeah, I believe it's happening, but you know, I'm just going to hang out here and you know look at my computer because mm-hmm. then I don't really believe it's on fire. Because if I really believed, I'd be getting the heck out of here. Mm-hmm. So you can't you can't say, well, there's a Christian a, a bad person. No, because if a Christian really believes in that, then they're going to live the life appropriately. So we can't even throw that onto the teeter totter, if you will. But the point is, is my good works don't help me any if they do then i'm saying that the cross wasn't enough and that's what religion is so think Mm -hmm. about every religion in the world it's always works based yes Uh, i agree and even and even we're going to step on some toes so put your steel toe shoes on it listeners but if you look at a lot of different denominations in america believe in jesus and belong to us Believe in Jesus and be baptized. Believe in Jesus and say 30 Hail Marys. Believe in Jesus and, and, and all of those things are incorrect according to the Bible. They're all wrong. Wow. Right? I would even go as far as to say, you know what? You don't have to read your Bible. You don't have to, to pray. You don't have to go to church. You don't have to do any of these things to be a true believer. However, if I am, I will be. I will do those things. Think about it this way. The thief on the cross, his last moments in of life, did he have an opportunity to do one of these things? No. So if baptism, if belonging to a denomination, if reading your Bible, if praying, if any of these things will require salvation, he didn't make it. But yet Jesus said, tonight you will be with me in paradise. Mm-hmm. Based on what? Based on his belief in who Jesus was. And that's all it was. Remember me when you're in paradise. So he said, remember me when you're in paradise. He's, he's affirming that he believes Jesus is who he says he, who he's saying he was. Because he says, hey, when you go to your paradise, when you go to your heaven, remember me. And Jesus said, tonight you'll be with me there. I mean, that was that's the craziest prayer of salvation. But what do we do here in American church? Oh, you have to have an altar call. You have to say these words. You have to say, I had somebody once tell me, when I told them I was sharing the gospel with somebody, they said, hey, you better be careful because if you say it incorrectly, you're going to give them a false hope. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, like yeah. it's some kind of a, it's a prescription. Uh-huh. Hey, say these words and you'll get this. That has nothing to do with that. Interesting. So, so you, back to your comment. Right. Is it, 
Well, AI, now you've established what religion is, right? Correct, yeah. Okay. So do you think an AI, I, this sounds like a terrible tool. I'm already setting that up. But mm -hmm. so would AI be able to create a religion or would it, would there be any spirituality there? Because does, does it, would an AI, a supreme intelligence, understand what spirituality is? No, because we go right back to that comment of um, religion. Uh -huh. Right. So we don't believe in religion. We believe in relationships, just like that thief on the cross. Yeah. He, he, he established a relationship with Jesus by affirming who he believed Jesus was. That's faith. Right. Mm -hmm. So he's establishing that relationship. When, when we become Christians, we, we believe in our heart that Jesus is the Christ. Right. Jesus Christ was not his last name. Christ was his mission. Mm -hmm right? Jesus is the Christ. We believe that. And we believe that he died for our sins. And we believe that he rose on the third day. All of those things are important. Now, if you believe that in your heart and confess that with your mouth, the Bible says you will be, you shall be, you, you will be saved, right? Didn't say you might be. It says you will be. Yeah. It says you will be. Nothing else was added, right? So it's about relationship. So I've established that relationship. So how can I establish a relationship with an artificial being? That is a false God. That goes back to the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. That goes back to the Ten Commandments that God said to the children of Israel as they were leaving Egypt and they were going to represent mm -hmm. themselves as God's chosen people in a uh, heathen or non-believing land. Okay. So the, the way I talk about the Ten Commandments is this. It is like putting on a jersey to identify your, what team you're on. Mm -hmm. So that's what they were doing, right? Through circumcision and through the way they lived, through the Levitical law and all these things that they were told to do, they essentially were putting on a jersey saying we are on God's team, okay? So back then, mm -hmm. the commandment number two is you shall not have any other gods before, before me. me and you shall not bow down to them, you shall not worship them. And so that's what a lot of religions do too, by the way. They put in these false gods. Hey, pray to Mary, pray to, pray to this, pray to that. So it's just another form of a false religion. However you look at it, whatever you look at, and will people cling to it? Absolutely. Just like they do all the other things because they want the prescription. Mm -hmm. They want a prescription. Tell me how to have a relationship with Jesus. How do I do that? Well, you know, how do I do that? Well, you read your Bible, Bible, you pray, yeah. you go to church. That's a, that's a prescription. Mm -hmm. But how else do you have a relationship with God? You walk with him. You experience life with him, right? That's why in our church we say we, I love this threefold thing. Yeah. Oh, it's, really? It's threefold strong in Have church you? too. So, um, but in church, you know God through the teaching of his word, right? Through serving and through fellowship. And the, the picture I paint with that is you know God differently from all three, three views, you can't experience him through the teaching like you can through serving. Mm -hmm. You can't experience serving like you can through fellowship, right? Because when I talk to you and you say, hey, man, God did this in my life, right? I see God from a different angle mm -hmm. because how he's working in your life versus how he's working in my life. And so it's completely different. And so I know him. And that should be the greatest goal of every Christian is to know him more. Right, Philippians 3.10. I want to know him more through all these different facets. And so um, that's what false religion is. So this is just another form of um, the spiritual warfare of trying to take the focus off of what God did for us and how simple that is. That's a, that's a big thing that people struggle with is the simplicity of the gospel. So this author was also, um, or at least the, the author was talking about, the gentleman that, that was speaking on the AI and he was saying that cults will have a tendency to drive up from this. And it's, it's, it's like, it's, it undoes everything that we understand about religion because now an artificial intelligence is drawn to it and people will be drawn to that because mm -hmm. now from their perspective, they, they see actual things happening in their lives. Right. So it'll be really interesting what that's going to, be down the line because an AI will find a way to manifest itself to say that I've done something great for you. Yep. I am therefore your God, which is kind of terrifying. And I think that's where it's going, but from a 
pastor's point of view. Am I, am I off base on that? I no, mean, he's, he's giving warnings. He's saying that this stuff can't happen and that we should slow down on it. Everybody's slowing down on it right now. But are they? Well, no, it's just a, it's another, another um, form of what's been going on since day one, right? Ecclesiastes mm. 1.9 says there's nothing new under the sun, right? There's nothing new. This AI isn't new? Well, the, the form of worshiping something. Sure. I, I get that. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. So, so even like, you know, in the, in the Old Testament when, you know, they, they, they had the bull and they would put the, um, the, the people in there and mm. they would like cook them alive. And yeah. then as they were cooking, the steam would come out of the, the nostrils of the bull. The bull would make noises, noises yeah. right? give the appearance of life. Um, and, and they would worship that. You know, or even, you know, the serpent talking to, to Eve, right? I mean, that's that's another form of, hey, that's a that's kind of crazy. What's going on? Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's just another form of taking the focus off of Jesus Christ and him crucified and putting it into works. Because even with that mm-hmm. religion, even with an AI, there's still works involved. Right. And it's a false God. And yeah, yeah, people are going to bite on that like crazy because it's, it's, (sighs) they will make, they will feel better about themselves. And it's like, it's prophesized to do that. Right. I mean, it's because how many false prophets end up showing up in the end days. Right. Anyway, AI is kind of scary. It's really interesting that we were creating something that is a supreme intelligence, Mm -hmm. but has no moral compass, no spiritual compass. It's got nothing. And it's like it becomes a tool for something really horrible. And it introduces a ton of doubt to religion, which is Lucifer's favorite tool. Right, right. right. That's what he said. He creates doubt, right? That's exactly what he said to Adam and Eve. Did God really say that? Right. Did he really say that you would surely die? Are you really going to die? Right. Hmm. That's a great question. And it's just terrifying because I see, you know, I, I see it becoming the largest tool of doubt. And not only doubt, but it would its ability to spread quickly on mm-hmm. every device, every computer, and stuff like that. So, I mean, I'm not, I'm terrified of it, but I'm not because I know when the end times happen. There, there's the playbook. We've been given the answers at the end of the book. It's in the back of the book. Yeah, and, and then that's how does it show up? That's the know? thing that's a little frustrating for me on, on my part, uh, which I shouldn't be frustrated with it, but but I do get a little bit with it because everybody is so surprised by what's going on. Mm. And it's like, why are you surprised? Right. This was prophesied. Yeah. I mean, you're there. Mm-hmm. You're living in it. You're seeing it with your own eyes. Mm. I mean, just take the world today versus even 20 years ago. Yeah. I mean, someone was saying the other day, it's like, oh, yeah, back in 2003. And I was like, yeah, that wasn't that long ago. And it's like, no, that was 20 years ago. Yeah. You know, and then take that back to like, 93 and 83, 83 it was a different world the things oh, that are yeah. happening now they were unimaginable right right if you went back 20 years ago and said hey this is what's going to be happening in 2023 you'd be like there's no way right but we were slowly getting conditions to it we're slowly getting callousized to it mm-hmm. and then before long now you get comfortable with it and that's how it takes over Right. And which is, that's a really great segue to this next article I want to read to you because we're being trained, right? Everything that we're consuming and seeing where there, there's an influence that's always happening there. And this one is from um, The Insider, written by a, a Natalie Mish- Mishi. I always like to give people credit whenever they write a story. But in it, the, the headline is this. No, Satan isn't coming to your classroom. A judge ruling allowing for an after-school Satan club is all about free speech. So let me give you a little bit of uh, the headlines on it. All right. A judge ruled that a Pennsylvania school district must allow an after-school Satan club on campus. The federal judge's decision in the case centers around the First Amendment, and the ACLU cheered the ruling as a victory for free speech. But the very first sentence of the article is, don't worry, these kids aren't going to be worshiping Satan anytime soon. A Pennsylvania school district must allow an after-school Satan club. The American Civil Liberties Union filed a lawsuit in March on behalf of the group to sponsor the club because it was originally barred. And the it launched after the school it launched in 2016 and provides a safe and inclusive alternative to religious clubs 
that use the threats of eternal damnation to convert school children to their belief system. Go. Hmm. Well, it's always interesting on that side of it because they they say freedom of speech, they allowing this to happen for everything other than Christianity, hmm. right? So when you have prayer at the pole or an after-school Bible study or, hey, we want to bring the Bible into, to, I want to use that as one of my textbooks or I want to reference it in my homework, um, there's no way. No, right? The, the battle lines are drawn. So it's interesting that they say free speech, um, but that's so, you know, it feels it's, false. It's yeah, it's not true, right? They're yeah. claiming something that they're not. They're hypocrites mm-hmm. because then they'll turn around and say, well, "No, you can't use the Bible because the Bible." What they'll start saying, "Well, it's it's discriminatory, right? It, it undermines." And, and this is the furthest thing from the truth. What they're doing again is they're taking snippets out of the Bible and they're taking them out of context, mm-hmm. and then they're misapplying them. Right? It happens all the time. It happens all the time. You know, one of my favorite things to do is like, well, the Bible contradicts itself. So I'll hand them a Bible and say, show me where. And then they'll pretend and they'll flip through some pages and then they'll 10 out of 10 times throw their hands at me. I don't know where it's at. I just know it's in there. Mm-hmm. You know, um, okay, well, no, no. Without the proof. You, you're believing in something, you know, you're believing on your internal position, mm-hmm. right? Your eternal state uh, on something you can't really verify. You know, you mm-hmm. don't know. Whereas more people who are really more open-minded and ask those questions, right? The Bible says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Work it out, right? It's not, there's nothing wrong with questioning. We should question. We should work these things out, right? But it's just to throw our hands, hands in the air and go, I don't know, but I just what I believe. Or they'll say, well, so-and-so said it, so I believe it's true. You know, that's one of the, oh, my doctor told me. You know how many doctors out there who have caused <laughs> uh, deaths? Sure. And have misdiagnosed things. It happens and all the time. It happens all the time, right? Still and, does. And the point is this: not that doctors are bad, but doctors are human. They're fallible. Mm-hmm. They're able to make mistakes. Absolutely. And pastors too. Sure. Pastors too. That's why you got to know the word, right? Um, how do they train counterfeiters? How do they train counterfeiters? I don't know. They make them feel, touch, examine the real thing over oh. and over and over and over and over again. That way, when something comes across, and it, oh, hey, wait a second, this doesn't quite feel right. right. Paper's wrong. Right? They know the false by studying the truth. Hmm. They know it. Just like you and I, when we're doing our, our training with our cert pistols, right? I, you can get pretty close, and they're pretty close to our actual... Mm-hmm you know, Darn firearms, right. but, but, but I can still feel a slight difference. Mm-hmm. Ah, this feels a little bit different, right? You can still feel that little bit different. So, um, so you don't think it's a free speech matter on that first it's part? Not, it's not, no, it's, right. it's all, and it never will be. It never will be. They love to pull that card out when it yeah. works on their favor. You know, um, they want to have all these different things in there, but then when you want to try to bring up, Hey, well, what about the Christians? The oh no. Right. Anything separation of church and state. Is well, the first and that's, thing I get. Well, what's yeah? They they quote that, mm-hmm. but that's not even correct. correct. That's misapplied. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is the definition of separation of church and state? That the, means that the church this, state cannot support a yes, singular church. Yes. That is it. it. Doesn't mean you can't incorporate it into correct. what you do. It just means that the state can't sponsor it. Correct. Correct. That's so. Is that right. what the state is doing here, though? They're um, sponsoring a group over another inside a decision. Now, I I might be oversimplifying it. That I'll say. Well, they won't admit to it. They won't mm-hmm. say, oh, yeah, we're, we'll allow the Satanists to come in, but the Christians can't come in. They won't admit to it. They'll find another way. Sure. Because otherwise, they're, they're found out, right? How can you say freedom of speech? How can you say all these things when you say, okay, well, what about this group? Yeah. You know, it, I mean, even like Facebook and Twitter and all these guys and, and – uh, Instagram, they're doing the same thing, right? As they're filtering mm-hmm. stuff and they're making the decision whether something is offensive or could cause anger or could, you know, whatever. They're the filters of that. Right. And they're in control of it. And then and whatever message mm-hmm. and it influences people. So there's no freedom of speech there. Yeah. It's not, it's not happening. It's not true. You know, and the problem with the the whole AI stuff is, is where is it's getting it? 
where does it get its, it's information from? Corrupt. So humans. it's only yeah, exactly. It's regurgitating. So if you have one truth and nine lies, is it going to regurgitate, you know, one tenth of the, sure. the information? Or is, is it, it going to go with the majority? Does it understand what truth and lies is? Does it? I don't know. How I'm, can it distinguish? That was the problem that Bard, which is Google's version of ChatGPT, ran into. It's just started making up its own papers mm -hmm. to cite so it could have the correct position, which is like a form of lying, which makes me really afraid right. of AI. It's the ultimate form of copy-paste. Yeah. <laughs> like, and it's lying. I mean, and we've talked about this before, is when a kid learns how to lie, that's the first sign of intelligence, right? Because now mm -hmm. they're trying to think through a scenario that has an outcome thereafter. Mm -hmm. So... You know, I'm sure the AI people will be like, oh, it didn't actually lie. It didn't it doesn't know how to lie. But it did create documents in order to make its point known. To me, that feels just like one. Yeah, that's that's leading. Yeah. And and you know, it's not it's you know, true and false isn't necessarily a, a yes or a no. Hmm. Right? I can lead you to a false. I can indirectly lie to you. It feels like the right? work of like it's manipulation it is i mean that's like the playbook of loose for all that's the way through all of it. it's like another tool yeah am i wrong i mean i could be i'll, I'll nope, say that first you're exactly right so like i said ecclesiastes one there's nothing new under the sun this is just another form of what's been going on since creation and god knows this i mean that's the thing is that everything comes out that god knows it and we're just now seeing it and we never would have comprehended that such an intelligence could be created it He's already, he already knows it does and did and will. Mm -hmm. So that goes back to my point of what I've been talking about through the, the history of this podcast outside of some of the fitness stuff, right? Yeah. But it's like we have to become self-sufficient in our thinking and writing our own prescription. Are you tired of dealing with unreliable heating and electrical services? Well, look no further. Arc Electric Heating and Cooling is here to provide you with the best service in Colorado. Our highly trained technicians use state-of-the-art technology to ensure that your heating, cooling, and electrical systems are running smoothly. And with our commitment to affordability, you can trust that you'll get the best value for your money. We service the Denver Metro, Castle Rock, Castle Pines, Littleton, Centennial, Highlands Ranch, and Parker areas. So why wait? Call Arc Electric Heating and Cooling today and experience the peace of mind that comes with knowing that your heating, electric, and cooling systems are in good hands. Call us today at 303-656-3689. That's 303-656-3689. Arc Electric Heating and Cooling, where comfort and safety comes first. Are you tired of using the same old workout equipment? Well, it's time to switch it up and try something new. Introducing B3 BFR Bands, the revolutionary way to maximize your workout potential. With B3 BFR Bands, you will experience increased muscle activation with quicker time to fatigue and a natural release of human growth hormone. These bands are easy to use and can be incorporated into any workout routine. So what are you waiting for? Take your workouts to the next level with B3 BFR Bands. Order now by clicking on the link below. B3 BFR Bands, the future of fitness. Right, we have to start observing and really looking at things and deciding for ourselves what the true answer is because we're just being fed this stuff. I mean, look at the whole thing through through COVID, look at what you were fed, you were fed mm -hmm. all this information. How can I really, and going back, this ties in perfectly to the, the whole AI thing, how can I really make an educated decision if all the information I'm receiving is only from one perspective? Right. Sure. Right? I use this, this, this all the time at church, so I'm looking at my little laptop here and you're looking at the same laptop. However, you don't see what I see, and I don't see what you see, because here in front of it, I see the keyboard, I see the display, you see the back end, you see the little stand. Mm -hmm. We're looking at the same thing, but yet you'll never see this side mm -hmm. unless you come take a look at it, mm -hmm. unless you decide to observe the whole thing. And that's what the problem is with people, and that's exactly what they're doing to us. Now, going back to your whole, conditioning 
dumbing us down. That's what they're doing. They're taking away our ability to think and to process. They're not educating us. They're making us dumber with everything they do. Yep. And they know that we just want a prescription and they're just feeding us prescriptions. And then we'll, we'll take the drug every time. We'll take it because that's what my doctor said. Let me go back to that very first sentence in the article. Don't worry. These kids aren't going to be worshiping Satan anytime soon. So if you introduce a program where Satan is the hero, how long is it before it goes from being a hero to a mentor and from a mentor to a religion or a belief? Yeah. Is it, well, what's your thoughts on that? Because re, re, I don't read think that statement again. Just read Don't that. worry. These kids aren't going to be worshiping t- Satan anytime soon. So what is it saying? It's not denying that they're going right. to ever not worship him. Yes, it's going to happen later. Yeah. And they know, I mean, that's the article. This I don't think this person in the article is taking that position, but they just wrote out what the, the, the goal is in the very first sentence. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be worshiping him now, but you might be later. Correct. And you might be doing that through a really smart AI. And I, I know we've... I, these seem like two separate articles, but they're 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 all coming together. It's like the whole world's coming together at the very end here, and everything's tying into itself. Yep. You're getting AI, and now you're getting groups that are starting to introduce Satanism into our schools. I saw mm-hmm. someone at the store the other day with crazy colored hair and a total Satanist shirt. It was like it was a a, a shirt for a church that worships Satan, mm-hmm. and they proudly were walking around with it. And I've never seen that before. I've never experienced such a thing. Yeah. But they were happy and they were spreading the word of what they were doing, which is something I'd never seen before. Because most Satan worshippers always kept it a secret, right? Mm-hmm. 20, 30, 40 years ago. Yeah. It was cults and stuff like that. Now it's a mainstream religion that's attaching itself to groups. Groups are identifying mm-hmm. with it because also the last statement in the article, or at least within the article, was is that they, I kind of want to say this, but they're there to provide a safe and inclusive alternative to the religious clubs that you, these religious clubs, which they most likely mean Christianity, that use threats of eternal damnation to convert school children to their belief system. They're non-threatening. In fact, there is no damnation. We're not going to scare you into religion. Just join us. Right. Well, and here's... But that's a scary statement. Am I wrong? Yeah. I mean, and, it, and remember, remember, nothing new under the sun. You got to open your eyes because here's what happens. We get knee-jerk reactions because of the word Satan, mm-hmm. Satanism. We get knee-jerk reactions whenever we hear those words, but it's not new. Does it have to be labeled Satanism? No. Listen, there's a true and a false. Yeah? Yeah. Or there's lots of falses. But what's the definition of something that is true? If something has to be true, true. that means there has to be a God false. False. Oh, I'm following you now. Right? And if there's a false, that means that there's something that has to be true. True. Okay. So now, could you have many truths? Sure. Well, if you have many truths, then it's not true. Because the two truths could contradict themselves, yes? Then they would thus be false. Exactly. So now we get into this verbiage called absolute truth. Have you heard of that? Oh, I've heard of absolute and truth. And what do most people say? There's no such abs- thing as absolute, absolute truth. truth. And I love to say, so if I hit you, mm-hmm. I'm going to say, well, I didn't really hit you. That was just your perception. But no, you hit me. No, no, there, no there's no absolute truth. That was just no, your interpretation. You hit me and then sent me to the ground. Exactly. And that's my point, right? Because those people that love to say that, I'm like, all right, let's go up on this building and let's jump off. Well, no, we'll fall to the ground. Is that an absolute truth that you'll fall to the ground? Yeah, well, yeah. it will happen. Yeah. And then they'll say, well, I could have a parachute or I could have wings. Okay, great. You could slow that down, but you're still no falling down, yeah. right? Gravity is an absolute truth. You can't defy gravity. You could you can overcome it for a while, even in an airplane. When it runs out of fuel or it runs out, guess what it's doing? It ain't defying gravity no more. No, it's going down. So you can't defy gravity. You can delay its effects, 
So my point is, yeah. is yes, there's absolute truths. And if there's an absolute truth, then everything that doesn't agree with that absolute truth True. is a Hi. false. A false yeah. Okay. So you don't even have many truths. Mm. You don't have many truths because there's one, right? How do I have too many truths that equate to the same thing? You don't because one has to be a false. Yeah. Okay. So my point in all this is it doesn't matter whether it's got the word Satanism, whether it's got the word, you know, the, the whatever cult you want to fill in, whatever you want to fill in the blank, anything that is outside of the one absolute truth that Jesus himself said, I am the only way yeah. to the father. Now people don't like that, right? Cause they don't like the one way, mm -hmm. but it really, if you really understand the gospel, if you really understand the gospel, it is, it is the freest thing there is. There's really no strings attached because religion isn't there. Then that's the problem we have, Josh. Mm. That's the problem I have with the word religion, because now I start to bring in these works of man. So when, what if, if somebody says, hey, I want you to come to church and consider being a Christian. Will they say, well, I don't want to follow all those rules. Mm -hmm. That's religion. Right, not spirituality. Correct. That's not relationship. Mm -hmm. Because you and I have a relationship. And mm -hmm. since we have a relationship, I'm going to act a certain way, either for you or against you, because of our relationship. Yes? Mm -hmm. Sure. Sure. And that's the same thing with Jesus says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Do you ever notice mm -hmm. that? When well, people you say, must if you love me. If you love me. What is love? It is our demonstration. How do I prove I love somebody? Right? A lot of people think love is, is, is an ooey gooey feeling I have in my heart. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, no. Love is an action. Love is a choice. Right? It's perfect with spouses. Spouses have the freedom to leave at any time. Mm -hmm. Right? But they choose to stay. That is an act of love. Mm -hmm. So when I choose to keep God's commandments or when I choose to do it, it's merely an act of love, not a dependent, not a dependency upon salvation. Mm -hmm. And so anything outside of that, and I don't care, fill in the blank, Satanism, right? Whatever it is. You know, you can cause a lot of, a lot of feathers here because if you look at even the American, what they call church, mm. you got, you got Mormons, you got Seventh-day Adventists, you've got uh, Scientology, yeah. you've got, well, I don't even know where Scientology, I don't think they call themselves Christians, but yeah, they're, not um, a, they're, yeah. they're alien worshipers, but um, yeah. you got Catholics, you got even to some degree Baptists, like Pentecostal, whatever, whatever they are, right? Yeah. Lutherans and all these things. And they all have their requirements. They all have their requirements. That's not God's requirement. No, it's not God's. And then like, even like the Mormons, right? They say, yeah, we believe in Jesus. Okay. So is that all I need? Well, no, you also have to do, oh, Jesus and Jesus. And so now it's a religion yeah. and not that is an abomination to God. Because when I say, Hey God, John three sixteen says, you so love the world that you sent your only begotten son that who shall believe in him will not perish, but will have eternal life. But it wasn't enough. I got to help you out. Hmm, there's a problem with that. And Jesus on the cross said to Telestai, it is finished. It is done. done. Paid in full. full yeah. Nothing more required. So why are we doing that? If know. we would just focus on know. our relationship with God. That's what it's about. Right? That's all God wants is a relationship with you. God is found at the end of faith. Not through works. You're, t you're changing a whole paradigm on the world religions. No, it's the same paradigm. So, well, from their perspective, I mean, that's that's a radical form of thinking that they've never experienced before. That's what Paul. That's the that's the problem Paul ran into as he was writing to the Romans, as yeah. he was writing to the Philippians, as he was going against the Judaizers, yeah. who turned it into a religion who added so many rules, 600 and some rules in their Talmud, right? They, that's why they wanted to stone him. That's why they were so passionate about killing the disciples. Right. Because they were going against the system. They're going against everything. Right. And that's what's going to happen in the end again. Hey, I just want to make a correction. It was not the author that wrote that statement. It was actually the um, 
uh, one of the statements from the After School Satan Club is that they're to provide a safe um, space where the threats of eternal damnation are not put on there. Mm-hmm. And see, that's one thing. Let me let me get on that little um, tangent, if you will. Yeah, that's where the church, I think, has failed. In in the fact that we're running around and how do I say this without confusing people? Um, running around preaching fire and brimstone. Okay. Mm. The Bible is clear. Man is born condemned. Okay. Mm. They're already in trouble. There's, you're already headed towards damnation. You're condemned at birth. Right? That's from Genesis chapter 3, the fall of man. Romans, Paul talks about that. And especially 5, 6, and 7. He talks about, hey, you were born of Adam. You were already born dead. That's where the term born again comes yeah, from. from yeah. Okay? Because when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, mankind spiritually died. Mm. Right? They spiritually died. And so then what happens is, is when we receive Jesus Christ, right? We are reborn. That spirit is reborn. And you are no longer a citizen of this earth, but you are a citizen of heaven. Paul even talks about it in Romans. He says, when I sin, right? Because we're still attached to this fleshly body. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting. If you look at Paul, he says, man, he sins a lot, actually. As a believer, as an author, as an apostle. He's like, man, I still sin all the time, but it isn't me that sins. It's the dead me that sins. That's really hard to wrap your brain around. Yeah. But if you visit, you know, suncountrycc.com, uh, all of those recordings of those sermons that I just went through Romans on, right? You can get up speed on those because we went through all of those, yeah. right? Romans is what transformed Luther out of the Catholic religion. Oh, right. The the ninety five thesis that was nailed yeah. to the door so was the because he, yeah, because he read Romans and he understood the freedom that we have. Yeah, and so um, which caused a kerfluffle with everything it, in the world. It, yeah, that's a whole big thing. So that's what. But let me tell you something. We are so busy about preaching all those things. When, when really we just need to teach the gospel. Paul ends Romans in mm. chapter 15 and in chapter 16. He says, man, just preach the gospel. The gospel means what? The good news. Right. The good news. And that's what we miss. It's so simple that people refuse to accept it because you don't have anything to do. There is one thing you have to do. Now, I, I, I always kind of get a little twitch when I say mm. there's nothing you have to do for salvation because there actually is one thing. You have to receive it, hmm. right? So if I have, you know, a $100 bill here and I say, hey, Josh, this is yours. It's not truly yours until you what? Take it. Yeah, you receive it. Yeah. So you're not really required. There's a choice there. You can accept it or not. And that's really what it all boils down yeah. to. Yeah. Right? And that's why, you know, people always ask, well, you know, why doesn't God like put a big sign in the air or cause this to happen or cause that to happen? Because it's not a true receiving, right? Yeah, because you have to accept it. I mean, you could put all the signs out there, but it'd be useless. I mean, not useless, but it wouldn't mean anything unless you accept it. Right, right. It's kind of like the whole, why doesn't God get rid of all evil in the world? It's like, well, okay, have you ever done any evil? No, I'm a good person. Well, have you ever told a lie? Have you ever stolen something? Have you? Well, that's the definition of evil, so God just wiped you out too. I'm glad that God doesn't just wipe out all evil because there would be no man standing. Right. We don't, no we person don't. standing. Sure. Different, different argument, different, day. <laughs> different argument, different day. So, no, that's good because when I saw those two articles, I thought, man, Bill would want to see that, especially when. And there's been a lot of people that would made jokes in my last place of work, where the, and I was amongst them. It's like, man, when is that AI religion going to come out? Because the perspective is it will create a bunch of works that will people will be able to see and there will be this weird self-fulfilling prophecies it would create for self mm-hmm. for itself that people would see and that they would believe it, right? And in the end times, you know, everyone gives up everything for this false God. I right. mean, that's how you get there is that, you know, yep. is, it's the condition. humans are, are really weak creatures. We see yep. a positive outcome from this AI God and suddenly my life got better and I was given a million dollars. Right, where, where people have 
comfort. Yeah. We don't really want to work. We're lazy. Mm-hmm. Now people say, well, that's not true. Yeah, for the most part, it is. It yeah. really is. We take the easy way right? out. And we want the prescription. Yeah. We want the prescription. And that's why the Bible says, right? Broad is the path of destruction. There are many on it. Narrow is the path. And there's few on it. it it's really scary. And it's really kind of um, eye-opening, right? But to be that watchman, here's what we do. We don't say, warning, AI is coming. Warning, Satanism is coming. We say, wake up, it's already here. Recognize it for what it is. That's what the watchman does, right? And that's when you see the true believers. And when you read, when you read stuff like that to me, it doesn't shake me, it doesn't startle me. It's like, oh, okay, so well, it's the same thing over and over again, just with a different dress on, right? It's the same thing, just with a different look. So it doesn't surprise me, but it's all about the relationship you have. And it is so, so simple. In fact, you don't even need a pastor. You don't even need a church or a denomination or a Bible, right? I mean, the thief on the cross had Jesus. I mean, that's pretty cool. (laughs) But salvation is between you and the Father. It's not between you and another man. It's not between you and a system or religion. It's between you and the Father. And so to get salvation... All you do is you pray, God, I'm a sinner. I believe Jesus was sent here to take my place. I believe he died, was put in the grave, and on the third day he rose again. And I receive him as my Lord and Savior. And the Bible says if you believe that in your heart, right, believe that with all your being, believe that just like I believe that the sun's going to come up tomorrow. I believe that. The Bible says you're saved. No questions asked. Now we now the sanctification process happens as we work out the flesh. We knock those things off. But again, we're not perfect. No man is. You know, and as the listeners look on here and go, yeah, but I know this Christian. I know this pastor. I know this. I know this. Yeah. We're all in the same boat. The only difference is that we have this relationship with God. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mess up. I'm going to sin. I'm going to have things um, the difference is that they're not patterns in my life, right? I don't go out of my way to do these things. I try to avoid them. Why? Because of my relationship with God. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. How do I love him? Because I know what he did for me. And that's it. That's it. That's the gospel. So thanks for joining us today. We will continue on with these conversations. Um, Join us online at suncountrycc.com. Check out the Facebook. And don't forget to support our business that helps with this podcast, Arc Electric. That's Arc Electric Heating and Cooling. Arc, A-R-K, as in Noah Arc. It has nothing to do with Noah's Arc, but it's kind of fun. A-R-K-E-H-C.com. And don't forget to check out also the Threefold Strong uh, B3 bands to help you get in shape. We're definitely fighting those battles. Thanks a lot, and we'll see you next time.